Welcome, my name is Kareem Kanji and this is episode number 53. I'm excited to welcome my next guest to the show here on Girth Radio inside Toronto's Pacific Junction Hotel. The anchor of the newest global news family, Global Durham, Lindsay Dunn. Enjoy! Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Are you you're comfortable? Yeah, I'm good. Y- your drink is good. We're good. Yeah, awesome. Well, listen, congrats on the uh, on the new gig. So this is a new gig. This is a new gig. Yeah. Yeah, with Global and Chorus. I was with Chorus beforehand, and then they did the merger, and so now okay. the merger helped me, you know, be a part of the Global family, which in the end is the Chorus family. But and, you're, and like you're not just two weeks in. Seriously? Yeah, I'm still a baby so there. You're... So hopefully you don't bomb this. I know, like the pressure is. Could have been, I could be there for two weeks, and then that's all. This podcast could make me or break me. I think it'll make you. I do too. I th- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Ho- hopefully it does. Uh, so, like, you're in charge at Global Durham. Like, you're the anchor. Yes, I am the anchor. It's still pretty new, but I assign the stories. I have to, you know, assign an editor. I pick the content that's going to go on and do interviews so right now the way that it is just because it's still viewed as a bureau is I'm, I'm i'm the boss lady nice now is it anything like um that hbo show the newsroom nope because it's a lot more friendly and we it's... all get along <laughs> although some of the news days they are a little bit interesting that can make a newsroom or anywhere you are very stressful but it's not like that everyone gets along and since it's so small it's not quite like that some days i would imagine it would be and we can take over the world yeah but no no sorry to crush your dreams (laughs) where i was gonna see if we can like put a secret camera in there and bring it on just put a camera in there see all the fights do you do you guys record out of durham well, are we allowed to say? <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, there is a studio in Durham Region that uh, there'll be two reporters based out of. Right now, we have Jasmine that's based out of there, and she files everything. And mm-hmm. right now, I am out of Toronto, downtown, uh, Barbara Green. Okay. So, all right. I, I have no idea. I'm going to say that I had no guidelines, but that's where I do the show out of. But it doesn't mean it's not Durham focused. Breaking but, news. Yeah, breaking news. Well, speaking of Durham Focus, I was it was shocking because, like, I don't know, it seems to me as an observer that local news wasn't a thing anymore. No, right? and I would, like, we had our, there was a station there called Channel 12, which was with Chorus, and it was part of this Czech TV family. And as hard as we could, as hard as we tried, we tried to bring the local news aspect to there. There's a lot to cover. Durham is huge. Mm-hmm. So now with Global, we just have a little bit more resources and to bring that local content back. Because sometimes if you have two reporters, you have 15 local stories just in Durham. And it's overwhelming, but it's wonderful to have that problem. Yeah. But we're bringing it back. So tell me about Durham. What's what's happening in Durham? Well, they, it's crazy. There's too much happening is right it? now. If you like, even if you start off, you know, just in sports, like one of the colleges there got a medal for the first time in the, the school's history. They have so many athletes coming out of there. Corey Joseph, a ton of NHL hockey players. So people are watching that. Olympians, like 
the sports side, it's growing, growing, growing. Mm -hmm. um, real estate, they have one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. When I first started to report there almost two years ago, I'm like, okay, I can actually almost afford to live here. And then they're tying Toronto in some of the growth. Which wow. I know is upsetting to some people trying to get be a first-time phone uh, homeowner. Yeah. But all of that and just, you know, there's expansions of hospitals. They're looking at building a new hospital. There's the big airport debate in Pickering. So it's right. it's just expanding like wildfire. So yeah. there's too much going on, but I love it. Nice. Now let, let's talk about um, the event that happened like a, 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 a week ago today. Um, the Trump election. So what are your thoughts on, on, on all of this? Like everyone has an opinion. Everyone uh, thinks they know why he won, why Hillary lost. Um, I haven't. And, and there's some things I agree, I agree with, some things I don't. But there's, there's not one big reason. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on all, on all of this? This is all my own personal thoughts, and I still haven't collected them all because I still don't believe it. It's not that I was a Trump supporter or a Hillary supporter. I obviously thought one was less, I'm going to use the word evil, than the other. And so I don't understand what, a lot of the things that came out of this, like the racism, the hatredism, the hatred, the sexism. I'm so naive because I didn't think a lot of that existed. So for me, I'm just still really overwhelmed with everything that has come out of this, that it mm -hmm. still exists. Because at a time, people may have thought it's okay to even think or act that way, but we all know that it's not, and it's not okay. So I'm still blindsided in the fact that Trump won. Yeah. And I, I have no idea why he won, because I don't understand that mentality. Mm -hmm. And I can't wrap my hand around it. It's For me, it was heartbreaking, even though I'm not an American, just that yeah. for me, it brought all these views that I thought didn't exist anymore shows that they're still quite prominent not only in the u.s but in canada i so i don't have the answer as to why he won it's yeah. just i still i why did he win is what i keep thinking to myself well let me, let me ask the the reverse question why did hillary lose unfortunately i think it's because a lot of those beliefs still exist people say it's because she's a woman and i haven't really looked at that card if it's that's the reason then that's really sad but i think people did have a problem with the fact that she may have been a, a little bit looser on the immigration laws whereas he clearly wants to build a wall and a lot of supporters came out for that saying you know yeah we have enough people coming into our country and mm -hmm. it's not white america yeah. and i think that unfortunate belief is a huge reason mm -hmm. that he won and other than that yeah like hillary and those emails did not help Although the last batch that the FBI said, I didn't go through the 18,000, but the ones that they were bringing up, like they're not as damning as they may be, could have been. So there was also the trust factor with her that really, I think, hurt her. Yeah, it's, it was... It this was, is a lot. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was like, so you got one person who, because she wasn't tech savvy and didn't understand technology, mm -hmm. um, used, used a server mm -hmm. um, that was hers. Uh, and on the other hand, you had, uh, you know, somebody who wasn't shy about his really old world views of, of how things should be, you know. The, and it was very strange that both of those items sort of got equal time. 
And on the, you know? and the thing that drove me crazy, which if you would have watched the, not that media in Canada, some stations when the Trudeau election happened were not biased, but yeah. watching the states, you had CNN, which clearly was pro-Hillary, and Fox that was clearly pro-Trump. It was mm-hmm. so frustrating to watch because if a citizen or somebody going to view or trying to get information on voting is watching one of those stations, they're only going to get the support of the one candidate, and that also drove me nuts. And yeah. That's not going to change either. Is Canada similar to that? Do we have... Oh, I think there's definitely a bias. I don't uh, think it's with some stations. I definitely not being biased because I work for Global. Yeah. I didn't see that when we covered the election, especially because I did have to cover the campaigns of Harper Trudeau. We gave them the exact same airtime mm-hmm. on Global Durham, which was known as Channel 12, the exact same airtime for each candidate. And... There was some that just fell in love with the Trudeau story. So it was so positive Trudeau mm-hmm. and negative Harper. So Hillary Clinton was the Trudeau I view in Canada where he was the she was the darling. You know, that story going to break the barriers. Well, Trudeau yeah. is this young guy in Canada that he's going to make all these differences. And Harper was, you know, the bad person, which those are my views. It's just that's how I saw it portrayed on a couple Canadian stations. It's not as bad. Yeah. But. Oh, it exists. Yeah. Like, I, I know there's, like, newspapers that have, that you could obviously tell there's a bias uh, there. Um, TV, I haven't seen it in television. Is it in television? In some stations, I've seen it. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but it does exist within, I think, uh, TV, radio, print. Radio, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's... There, it may not be as prominent, but it exists in some stations. Yeah. You just, as myself as a journalist, you just you just stay away from that and make sure you try to give the most honest story. So at the end of the day, you can go to sleep. Nice, nice. Let, let's let's take a step back. Um, you know, you are in media now, um, and you studied journalism, right? Yeah, I went. I'm born and raised from Saskatchewan, and I studied journalism at the University of Regina. After that, okay. I was really shy, so I went to Calgary and went to their radio broadcast television program to be a little bit less shy because I didn't know a soul in Calgary, and it kind of helped. I'm not right. as shy as I used to be, yeah. so yeah. So I went and have a diploma in that, and then I went to the University of Regina for journalism. Nice. And and what was it about? journalists like like what turned you on to that do you like were your parents involved in that did you fall in love with peter mansbridge like what what happened who has not fallen in love with that man let's be real he's just a dream boat on so many levels uh you know i have an older sister that i just have always looked up to and i didn't even know journalism was a thing or being a journalist and it was grade eight she was four years older. She's like, I want to be a journalist. And then I was like, what is this journalism thing? Because I always played sports growing up. I was into basketball and all that. And I didn't even know that if I never reached the skills that could pay the bills, being yeah. an athlete, that I could, you know, report on it. So after that, I got in contact with my favorite writer at the Leader Post in Regina, Rob Banstone, when I was in grade eight. Started writing for the paper. and What were you writing? I wrote about anything from NHL contracts to teachers. In grade eight? Yeah, to teachers trying to be best friends with their students when they should be teaching them like things. I would take them on in grade eight. I've always been a little... You were writing uh, opinions. Yes, (laughs) in grade eight. I've always been a little sassy. So I thought, you know, why not take it into journalism? And I... I'm very lucky to have this career because every day, as you know, it's something new, somebody new, a new conversation. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So when you graduated um, from the journalism school, um, what, what was what was your first gig? 
Oh man, I can tell you, I was so lucky straight out the gate, but I, I got on with CTV Regina right okay. out of school. My internship was with CTV Yorkton, which would be, I guess, like a Mississauga to a Toronto okay. or, yeah, or yeah, an yeah. Oshawa. Yeah, yeah. And after that, the news director hired me on as being, um, I was web, then I was reporter, then I became the sports anchor. And so wow. I, I, it took a long time because before that, while I was going to school, through school, yeah. I worked at a place called News Talk Radio in Regina and I worked there for years going through school. And so I already had the resume of being a producer, being a reporter, being being an on-air personality with radio and then I had while you're in school eh? yeah and then I did color commentary for my college hockey team so I just always kind of get a little too busy because I like it I always wanted that experience of something more so I think that's why I got the job right out of the gate yeah but CTV Regina was my first job that's amazing like at home yeah at home so I reached my goal like immediately after (laughs) school like what am I going to do now yeah that's amazing. And um, so you got a fan like looking I at you. I think this is your fan. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, you know, you are legendary, <laughs> so this is great. Um, He's giving him all the waves. I know people can't see this, but this little man outside the window is just smiling at him ear to ear. Yeah. There you go, my one fan. You have two. I'm here too. And you as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, did your sister move in into journalism at all or no she i don't even think she finished the first year of oh, free no. journalism courses she became a teacher oh, and, there you go. and now she's like i wish i became a journalist let me go with you like it's not as easy as it looks because sometimes you know there's perks of people you get to interview or stories you do but there's definitely a downside to some of the really horrible stories you have to do but she's a teacher you just uh, interviewed Eric Lindros, speaking about interviews. Yeah, that was pretty surreal from a kid from Saskatchewan, which is definitely a hockey province. So yeah. growing up watching him and just having a candid conversation about life for him now was surreal. But What is he up to? Okay, so he is, you know, an advocate for concussion protocol he mm-hmm. had a law passed not long ago called rowan's law which is about you know kids in sports when they're younger you know not pushing them to go back out because as we've all learned yeah. concussions they're really serious and you have to really watch after so he's been doing that he has three kids all under the age of i believe three. Oh my he, goodness so he has two tw- yeah he's a set of twins that are a year and a half and then another little guy i think that's two and a half so he's proud papa he plays hockey every tuesday and thursday with other nhl alumni and like lawyers and uh you know regular joes like me yeah but not me because i can't skate no (laughs) um was it his brother that had to retire early because of concussions yeah and then uh eric himself himself. had tons of concussions so he's so passionate about it i asked him if he felt that the protocols got better because obviously if anybody you know remembers when he was in the league he kind of took on the league and the trainers about you know pushing the players back out when they had concussions and that Mm -hmm. you know it's really hard on them and hard on their health and just everything about them so now that that's done yeah he he talks about that and says there's been some movement yeah that it's better protocol than when he was in the league but there's still miles and miles to go to get to where they need to yeah i think a year ago that movie came out with uh, will smith right yeah. concussion what did you think of that movie and the whole story in general if you take it for face value which sometimes i get so involved with the movie if i believe everything in there that made me so mad at the nfl and I, and i didn't want to watch my cowboys i didn't want to watch another nfl game i was livid because if these men or even women or whoever playing football don't know and somebody else knows the damage it can do on them for mm-hmm. the rest of their life is upsetting. Yeah. And so when I watch them, and the fact that this character that Will Smith played, 
just they knew the information and kept belittling him and trying to shut him out and smother him and smother his story so it yeah. couldn't be told. So I'm glad eventually the story did get told so that more more players are retiring because they are aware of the concussion yeah. factors. But that movie, what did you think of it? It was crazy. I was I got mad and and so I felt like, you know, like you, like not watch not wanting to watch anymore and not wanting to play and um yeah, I was I, I watched that and, and and I had I had remembered hearing uh, on on the news on sports radio um, that there was some deal. You probably know more than I do about this, but there was some deal made between the NFL Players Association and the NFL, um, and there was probably money exchanged in terms of here's how much money we're going to give, but that basically prohibited any player. Uh, in the future from suing the NFL for not releasing information and, and uh, I guess admitting that they knew about not just concussions but the long-term impact mm-hmm. of the, and when I heard that I go that is just nuts that is crazy and then watching the movie and, and knowing that it was from a true story and I think I may have watched even a documentary before or after that um, I was like I'm not going to watch this this is crazy yeah so I would feel like I was supporting the problem and it's heartbreaking in that movie because you realize that there are true stories about those players that, you know, ended up taking their lives because of what was happening from the, you know, the impacts that the concussions had on their life and they had no idea. Yeah. So like the only positive I took out of that is now more people more are people aware. Know. I've had more than half a dozen concussions. Mine oh my probably goodness. were not as severe as an NFL player, almost all sports related. Yeah. And the amount of like chronic neck pain and headaches and wow. tension headaches that I get from it, I cannot imagine their pain. Yeah. So like I'm a sensitive Sally when it comes to this topic. Okay. But I that movie was crazy, but yeah, like like I said, I'm just glad that people are getting the story and you take out the information like anything mm-hmm. that you want to take from it. Yeah, that's so true. It, it, and it was interesting. Um, I was in New York last month, end of September, beginning of October, um, for Ad Week, Advertising Week New York. Uh, that's sort of my day job that allows me to do this this sort of stuff after work. Um, but I was uh, I went to sit in on a panel. And it was uh, the NFL, people from the NFL, people from Fox. Um, and they were just talking about the marketing opportunities and stuff like that. Joe Buck was there. Uh, Michael Strahan was there. Uh, and then a bunch of people that I didn't know were there, um, <laughs> I think, from the NFL. And, and Joe Buck brought up the question, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, that basically said the asking, does the NFL care about the health of their players, I, I think. And, I, and I'm paraphrasing again. And I'm sitting there, um, and it was only like a minute later that it had occurred to me because the answer was, of course we love our players. We love our players. They're the, they're the game. Our fans love our players. And then it occurred to me, concussions. Oh, you guys did this this nasty deal, you know, that, you know, that players can't come back and sue you and stuff like that. And I, and I you know, you, you were, uh, you know, hiding all of this information. And so... I tweeted out and I and I, um, and I uh, mentioned Michael Strahan and Joe Buck and a few other people, and then I got into a not a Twitter fight with Michael Strahan, but a bit of a debate Ooh, because I tweeted spicy. out. I know, eh? Um, I tweeted out that you know they just threw the concussion um, debate under the carpet, um, and Michael Strahan just 
comes back and tweets, you know, nothing was put on the carpet. I said, well, Joe asked this question and the NFL answered this way. Um, and then Michael comes back and said, you know, it was a marketing panel. I said, I agree with you, but he asked the question and this was the answer. And I said, I thought that was very irresponsible, but, you know, I appreciate you debating this with me. Um, but I thought that was very, very interesting. It is interesting. Not even with the concussion thing. It's with any sports or any even news story or, you know, it could be an entertainer. How they try to sweep stuff underneath the carpet that's an mm -hmm. important issue to talk about. And they're like, and the sad part is a lot of the ways, at times, it will go away. Yeah. And the thing is, the good thing is you challenged him on it. Yeah, because I, you Because you never know, that could have started a conversation somewhere else with him saying, hey, do you remember this question? Or somebody caught on the fact that, hey, we're trying to sugarcoat that we're all great and we never did the secret deal. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. It is It is not. It is not. And my, my brother-in-law played college ball, and he says he thinks he had probably a few concussions. Oh, um, and I told my sister, and I go, watch that movie, because who knows, 30 years from now, he just might go nuts. Mm -hmm. Not that he was a great guy. <laughs> he's a great guy. In fact, he's coming here right after you, and we're gonna. So he's an American, um, and we're gonna talk about the election and oh, his yeah. feelings and stuff like that. So have fun with that. That's I, a conversation I, that will never end because it's I know. Just so interesting and yeah, bizarre. Yeah, I'll I'll have to. I usually take the bus home from here, but it'll be so late. I'll probably take an Uber, so it's gonna cost me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so you start at CTV. Um, in Regina, mm -hmm. you're, you're doing news, sports, like, or you're the sports... Uh, news, sports, entertainment, traffic. You're doing everything. They, they had it all. Sometimes I'd have to fill in weather for weather, which <laughs> I do not know anything about. Like, polar vortex, something about snow. Yeah. Wear a coat. Or that, Chinook. Where they, do, Chinooks are in more so in Calgary. In Calgary. I wish we got them in Saskatchewan. It, it will cools down it. by the time it gets to you yeah, guys? Oh, yeah. So maybe it gets, like, an extra 40 degrees cooler yeah. than when it's there. But I went there, and then... I, like I mentioned, I hit my goal. So it's like the next challenge. I knew everything since I was a little about Toronto and the market because being a kid that grew up loving the NBA, I only saw my first NBA game, I think, when I was 24. And it's now, when I went to interview Steve Nash. Now, so, how, do, so I'm gonna, I want to ask you about Steve Nash because he's, he's somebody I'd love to get in here. But um, Steve, get on the show. Thank you. <laughs> first name basis? Mm -hmm. Nice. How does a girl living in hockey country become an NBA fan? <laughs> the girl that always wanted to be different. No, I, my brother, yeah, everybody played hockey in, around my family. I sucked at it, but I, my parents were great and let me try every sport. Okay. So when I was really young, I loved basketball. I wasn't horrible at it. And so I played that almost my entire, you know, adolescence. I played it until you know i couldn't play anymore and the knees weren't having any of it and didn't uh. want to wear any braces anymore and really i wasn't going to ever make the wnba <laughs> but i remember i when i was like i don't know maybe i was six or seven mm -hmm. i played basketball and i fell in love with it and then magic johnson was around at that time yeah and the showtime lakers so that's right when i would watch that and we never had cable so every once in a while you'd see a basketball game or it was the news so i chose to watch basketball sure don't tell my boss <laughs> and i just loved the sport and i loved the athleticism with it which i feel is a lot of times underappreciated mm -hmm. and yeah, to this day, I'm still pinching myself that when I get a stand on that NBA court when they're singing Oh Canada, yeah. like this kid from Saskatchewan, and I always look around, I look at the the flag every time, like, you are here, you've made your dreams, and I pinch myself. 
I almost get emotional because it, for me, really? I thought it was never possible. Wow. I never thought I would even see an NBA game in my life because I really did live middle Saskatchewan. Yeah. Never thought it was possible. What was it like coming to the big city? Overwhelming. Oh my goodness, your yeah. traffic here. When there, you do not need a traffic <laughs> reporter in Saskatchewan. You do not. There's no sometimes way. like four cars happening on you know the major highway. <laughs> here, it took us like. Oh, an hour to go, 10 minutes one day. Like, is this Toronto? Please don't let this be Toronto. Oh, my goodness. But, and then, like, you know, this tall buildings everywhere. You don't really have that. You don't see the sky. No, and then the fact that you don't see the stars sometime. But then Mm. I realized, you know, just outside of Toronto or even, you know, you go along the lakeshore, it's beautiful. But I'm obsessed with Toronto now, and I wish I would have moved when I was younger. And so my whole family, actually, is going to move out here. My brother (laughs) moved out here. My sister, I think, is planning. My parents were just here looking at real estate. Are you serious? I've sold it. You've sold it. Yeah. (laughs) I think uh, John Tory should hire you. He should. Or something. Yeah, you something. really should. Maybe I can be the mayor and you can be the mayor and we'll both be the mayor together. And There you go. First off, talk about concussions and how they can't hide this stuff. Keep the media, you know, extra honest. Nice. Throw in some free NBA tickets and we'll be sure. good. Sure. Free NBA tickets is all I need. I should just be your agent. You can be mayor. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my wife wouldn't want that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see. You probably wouldn't be home. Yeah, I've told her, you know, maybe I'll run for counselor one day. No, you would not be a good <laughs> counselor. No, but she's very honest. So why do you why do you want to go for counsel? Do I don't think, want maybe? to. No, no, we're we're active-ish in in our community. You know, we we organize our local, and we're up in Scarborough, right? Like no man's land. You know, so we organize our our community pumpkin parade. Uh, we organize our community cleanup. We're trying to get a movie in the park there. Good citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Cub leader. You know, just all that sort of stuff. Do you sleep? Do I sometimes? I don't believe you. I get home, Netflix, and then I'll go to sleep. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so talking about the NBA, um, Demar Derozan is, has become otherworldly. Yeah. It seems earning that what one hundred and thirty-seven or one hundred sixty-five million dollar contract, whatever that outrageous number was. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, he's on fire right now, and I never thought he was. I thought he was just good because we see him all the time. But he's actually really good. Yeah, I thought he he was good until he got to the playoffs. And I was like, he just didn't want to play. But (laughs) sorry, just kidding, Damar. But yeah, he's he's been on fire. And I don't know a lot of his players. I've had a chance to catch up with the Team USA players that he's played with. Mm -hmm. And they think that him playing with uh, Team USA and getting that gold medal and having that extra amount of training throughout the summer and the motivation really pushed him to reach his success level. He obviously was always a great player. He was, what, a two-time All-Star? But Mm -hmm. he's on fire, and I really think they're right, though. Having that extra training throughout the summer, that motivation, and that big contract has really pushed him to succeed and prove people wrong because you have so many more super teams than we've seen in years. So he has to help carry his team, which is still pretty good. Yeah, because usually people, they sign the big contract, and they have like a... Floppier. Yeah, because they said... I can rest. I don't need to prove myself. Yeah, I've got my money. Yeah, I'm good. you know, um, but yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I'm shocked, but it's exciting. Um, what do you, What did you think of last year? I think I brought good luck to Toronto. So I moved here. Not only did the Leafs get the first overall draft pick, but the Raptors, the year I moved here, was the first time they made the playoffs in a while. Last year, Eastern Conference Finals, first time in 
franchise history. Yeah. I was impressed with it. It was unfortunate, I think, that Bismack Biombo didn't get re-signed, but he was getting way too much money because the contracts were mm -hmm. ridiculous and they will continue to be ridiculous. But I was really impressed, and this year they're impressing me more because people like Jonas Valanciunas, the Lithuanian he's Lion, yeah. he's back and better than we've ever seen him play. And yeah. the rookies that they've signed this year, a little bit better performance than what we saw last year, but it was, it was really impressive to see the team get together and actually perform as a team and support each other last year. They just couldn't quite make it because they're up against LeBron and yeah. four other really amazing players on that team. Yeah, it almost seems I, I don't follow the team a lot, but I, I haven't heard Kyle Lowry's name as, as much as DeMar DeRozan. No, it's the DeRozan show right now. Yeah, he's, it is, he, eh? he's the money. Like Kyle Lowry's still putting up amazing numbers. He's being more of a supportive character than yeah. the co-pilot of the team. And isn't, like, I read somewhere that DeMar has put up numbers, like, for the first, I don't know, how many games first have they played? First nine of ten games. First he's had ten. at least, I think we're at that number now, or it would be tonight, 30 points mm -hmm. or more in the game. The last player to do that was Michael Jordan in 1986. That long ago, eh? Like, that's crazy, because I'm like, oh, Kobe would have done that. LeBron James could have done that. Magic yeah. Johnson could have done that. Yeah. No, he's been doing that, and he tied a record that Kobe set in 2005 for, like, so That's many points, so yeah. Crazy. He's uh, he's earning those dollar bills. So do you think fans should be excited about this here? They should. See, I'll put it out there right now. I'm not a Raptors fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a Lakers fan, so I'll just jump on the bandwagon now because the Lakers are horrible. Yeah. They won only 17 games last year. Just think about That's that. That's crazy. <laughs> I think fans should be really excited. They should be excited that it's the only NBA team in Canada, but also they've got, like I mentioned, some really good rookies like... Jakob Pertl, not only is his name fun to say, but he's been doing great defensively. <laughs> and they, they've they managed to make the transition that they can go from, you know, their college or their team before to actually playing in the NBA and going against some of the bigger players and not getting completely annihilated. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Jonas Valanciunas, if they all stay healthy, it's a really, really good roster. The only one that I'm still waiting to shape up this season is Corey Joseph. He hasn't had a very good mm. um, beginning of the season. But they should be excited because... The, I, I think they have a really good chance of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah. Um, I, want, I want to get back to Steve Nash before I forget about him. Um, you're free, you see your first NBA game. And w was it because you were going to go interview Steve Nash? Yeah, we had this choice when I was at CTV Regina. You know, ratings. What do you want to do? I'm like, well, you know, I want to see my first NBA game. I love the Lakers. And Steve Nash, it's the first time. That's right. Oh, that's right. It was his first season. I was like, hey. I'm going to put a chance, you know, put an email out there and see what happens, thinking mm -hmm. they would say no. Mm -hmm. And they said, yes, you can have one-on-one -on -one time with him. We'll arrange this. And wow. I went to the States, and ABC was the affiliate of the time. And oh, they, so you went they to shot, L.A. to and do yeah, this? And they shot this for me, and I interviewed him, and he was a wonderful, sweet Canadian. Yeah? And gave candid answers. It was just unfortunate. His career didn't end the way that he wanted. And right after that, maybe I was bad luck for him. He got injured and didn't really ever play again. <laughs> but, yeah, he should come on this show, talk about it, because he recently got married. Yes, sir. Talk, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. But he, he lives down in the States, I think. Yeah, right? he lives in L.A., from my understanding. Yeah, yeah. But he's, I think he's up here often, because I know he's got some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, he'll be at Raptors games every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so how was it going to, so you get to go to the, were you in the forum? Is that oh, what they so call it It's, now? it's Staples Center now. Staples Center? Yeah. See how long ago no, it's I've been okay. relevant. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, it was overwhelming because 
it still hasn't sunk in every day. Everything I do doesn't really sink in because it's not real yet. But it, just the fact that he walked in, shook my hand, and he's just a regular person. I'm just a regular person, and he treated me like one. You know how some people do an interview, as soon as they're done, they know it's their job and they leave? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's over. No, he stayed and had a conversation. Wow. But what really killed me is last year I got to cover Kobe Bryant's last game at the Staples Center. Wow. So I was at the court when he had this ridiculous... Uh, something like 50 or 60 point game yeah he had a great and the confetti falling down and i was like this kid from saskatchewan did it again this, yeah. so if you're listening anything is possible you can do it <laughs> you can become the president even one <laughs> i gotta go back to that quickly is i, yeah. ha- I was trying to you know you, you try to take hope out of this okay sure we sure. have to accept the fact that this man is going to be the leader of the united states yeah Okay, maybe I'll give him a chance for five seconds. But then I see who he brings in as his people, like from the guy that has white supremacist yeah, ties. Yeah. And then he goes back on Twitter and uh, no, then, then the faith and my hope was just, it was shot out the door. Yeah. So like, I'll give him five more seconds again because I keep going back. In five second increments. Yeah. yeah. It's, going to, it's going to be, I, I, pre- I pretty, as soon as he got elected, I said, there's going to be amazing music that's going to come out of this. Uh, there's going to be amazing comedy oh, specials. Yeah, you know the comedians are loving it. The late night comics. Yeah, like, this is gold. It, it is. I, I, it, it's it's going to be very very interesting. I, I think the next uh, the next Pearl Jams and, and Sound Gardens <laughs> and and Smashing Pumpkins are all going to come the out song of this. About it, yeah. You know, out of you know just talking about things that are going on because. You know, whenever there's sort of this conflict between progressive, uh, I guess the progressives versus um, the conservatives, I guess is, is is a good way to put it. There's there's always, whenever there's this big clash, um, you know, the the artists always seem to um, be able to create and find inspiration, you know, from mm-hmm. this. So. Yeah, that, that even happened in Canada with the last election. Like I brought up, there's a musician out of Nova Scotia named Adam Baldwin, and he did a song about, you know, even, I think it was Trump running, and then about Stephen Harper and Justin Trudeau, and his music video has them in there in their campaign, and he wrote about, you know, how the politics of the time. So mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see the music that comes out of it, because it means one of your favorite bands may be releasing some new tunes soon. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Which may be hard to listen to, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, when did you f- decide to leave home and come to Toronto? Like, what was that about? Was it an opportunity that CTV gave you, or did you did you just say, I need to go? Like, what, what, was, what was that like? It was a little bit of both. So I was with CTV for, I think, just over four years, and I worked for the radio station and the newspaper like i mentioned in regina so i did everything that i wanted to do and i felt Mm. there was more that i could do you were the big fish in regina (laughs) no no nobody knows him it's just everything i wanted to do (laughs) i already did although regina is really small so if you're on tv everybody will be like hey how's it going which is fine because it's a wonderful community did you get free tim hortons everywhere you went they would offer but i wouldn't take it i would pay for them because that is not who i am (laughs) um but yeah so i i was crazy and I signed with an agent in Toronto that kind of recruited me, which mm-hmm. I don't, if you're a journalist listening, you don't need an agent. You're fine on your own. Yeah. Just do your own thing. And so there was an opportunity here with CTV and just a whole bunch of freelance opportunities because Toronto has 
like I mentioned, if I already covered sports, entertainment, and news, so there was always something for me to do. Yeah, yeah. I moved out here with my now husband, and we were lucky and got jobs. I got a job with CTV when I, like I mentioned, moved out here. Freelance, but, yeah? Yeah, and then two weeks into that, I got offered a job from Chorus, mm-hmm. which this is how this all started. And I, I started okay. to work with them, and then eventually it became global, and now that's where I am today. So it's, it was a lot of hard work, but it just seemed everything started to fall into place. How nervous was it going from like a full-time gig to a... Um, the full-time dream gig I would have had growing up that I didn't think was possible. It yeah. was terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. But I also got too comfortable with it. And I am I would be able every morning to have my own like sports interviews. Where we had a, my own segment called One-on-One with Dunn. So everything I worked I on... I've seen some of your videos. Yeah, yeah. I gave up. But for me, it was worth it because... I, I don't ever believe in settling, and that was a wonderful opportunity, and the dream is still there. There's always something more I can be doing, yeah. which can be annoying to people around me. <laughs> but it was terrifying, and sometimes it's hard to think of, but now that I look at where I've been fortunate enough to get this new role with Global, that it's all mm-hmm. paid off. But during the time, oh, it was terrifying. My parents knew, like, they were okay. They're like, you go do it. You will be fine. Yeah. But I couldn't talk to people I worked with for a while because it was hard to watch how the show continued to go on without you. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. I hear you. What, is your husband in media as well? He is a freelance videographer and audio engineer. So that's how okay. I met him. He was doing audio for the show and left my mic on. And I said something flattering about a guest on the phone and they heard it. And so it started the bond when I went back. I'm like, hey, buddy, you got to let me know when my mic's on. Although I should always know when it's on. But you yeah. should probably tell me. So, yeah, he's a freelance videographer and audio engineer that just spent a week filming polar bears in Churchill, Manitoba. So the good thing is, like, he has way more interesting stories than I'll oh, ever That's have. amazing. But he's shy and won't talk a lot. So yeah? it may take you a while to get him out of him. Oh, I'd love to. So does he do, what is he does he, is this what he does? Like he yeah. goes, he goes out in the wild. Well, yeah, or like he'll go. I I can't even explain because he doesn't pay any attention to pop culture. Mm-hmm. So if nice he, life, yeah, and so he was doing an audio not too long ago and he was like oh you know i thought i was working with these people i thought i must have seen them on a shoot before they work in one of the freelance contracts i had but no it ended up being the guy that plays mr peterman on uh seinfeld trevor guthrie i think patrick j adams is his name from suits it was all these people that he was miking up and you know helping film but he had no clue no idea who they were he just thought they looked familiar that he may have (laughs) had them at a shoot before like are you kidding me that's so, hilarious. Yeah, he, he has does a lot of the same things just behind the camera. Yeah. But has no idea who's in front of it. Oh, I'd love to talk to him. You should. He's way more interesting you than gotta him. you got to put him in touch. Me. Is he on Twitter? Probably not on Twitter. Oh, no. He's on Twitter. No, but uh, we have each other on Twitter, so I'll, I'll hook you up. Awesome. It, it reminds me of a story my wife told me. So she works with this uh, organization called Park People. Nice. And she was telling me about, you know, they went for lunch. Uh, the team went for lunch, and she got to know. And then she's talking to her coworker. Um, and Anna, they're talking to her coworker, Anna, and they're, you know, so what does your partner do? And so on. So yeah, mine is in, you know, he's in, uh, he's in advertising and social media, that sort of stuff. Um, what does your husband do? Oh, he's, he's in this band. I don't know if you've heard of them. What band? Bare Naked Ladies. I know the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> so I told her, oh, you, you got to like introduce us and we got to go. Oh, we, we can know who they are. <laughs> 
great people. We've been to their cottage twice. Um, just wonderful, down to earth people. Like when when Jim came here, he's riding this 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 double bike. It's raining last <laughs> week, um, and and he just you know comes in and he he's indecisive of what beer that he wants. Um, he's just a regular dude. Um, just with some different experiences to share. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that sort of reminds me, you know, like, you know, yeah, this band, you yeah, know, <laughs> this is person. Yeah, yeah. He, he, this is how oblivious he is to pop culture. So Nick Jonas, even my mom knows who Nick Jonas is. <laughs> he was miking him up and shook his hand. He's like, "Hey, dude, no idea." And after, like, all these girls are screaming around. He's like, "Who is that?" I'm like, what? He's like, "Oh, I just thought that was, I don't know, another camera guy." That's Nick Jonas. Like, millions of girls and guys freak out over him. Are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, I don't know. Is he the one that's now in a different band? No, I, that's, that's Joe an, Jonas. That's Joe. I, I get the Jonas Brothers yeah, and stuff. They're all adorable. <laughs> um, and now, so now we're back at, uh, at Global, Global Durham. You are the head honcho there. Now, I went on the, I, yeah, I think I went on the website. You have like three shows, like there's a six o'clock show and nine. There's a five thirty, seven, and eleven, and then on weekends there's a wonderful program called Durham in Review. So if you know you're so busy, many people if they're taking transit or a lot of people commute out to Durham, they miss the newscast. Yeah, it does a recap of the top stories of the news. Like if you missed Eric Lindros, we have highlights of him talking about playing with the Oshawa Generals, which a lot of people forgot. That's he right. played with the Oshawa Generals. Yeah. And he has this wonderful... And then, oh, I have to tell you, mm-hmm. he said the thing that will make me smile forever is yesterday when he didn't cry, he had advice. If you ever think about crying, he was told to pinch your butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> what? So, yeah. And so those that's what's happening on global Durham is we have those newscasts and then on the weekend if you miss some of the key interviews or stories they're all going to be there for everybody you know catch up on your local news so how are you here now when you've got something at seven well because you're the most important person <laughs> time is made for you so yeah like I believe the seven o'clock it is a repeat of the five thirty five o'clock Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Five. Okay, and then you got to head back for the nine thirty. We're on again at eleven 11? or eleven thirty, something like that. And yeah. that also has some new news about Durham. And then after that, I think Global National is on, ah. so you get even more wonderful global content that's nice. covering all the bases. Nice, nice. So let's talk about your favorite sport again, basketball. Oh, basketball. Yes. Yeah. Um, who has been your favorite interview? Ooh. I, it switches every day because I'm always like, this person's my favorite. This person's my favorite. So uh, basketball related. Or your top two maybe. Top, top two. Three, I'll, give yeah. you t- I'll give you top two. Okay. So Magic Johnson. Yeah. I got to interview him, which is still bizarre because yeah. Lakers fan growing up, I interviewed him and he was the sweetest could be. Yeah. Just remembered my name during it all and said, like, thank you for interviewing me, Lindsay. I'm like, did you just say my name, Magic? Can you... <laughs> get that in recording please he was just a wonderful person that just shared his story and why he's doing what he's doing now and obviously he's a philanthropist and he's inspiring to listen to because he's so he's just an inspiration about how he perseveres and how he wants everybody at least he says this yeah 
to do well. And then my second favorite, which is still tied for first, I just did it this weekend and it will air on Global Durham soon. His name is Walt Clyde Frazier, and he used to play for the Knicks. And he, yeah. he wears the crazy suits. He has a whole website dedicated to him by fans saying, Clyde so fly, where they rate his suits. Wow. And he was telling me about how when he decides to retire, he's 71 right now, uh-huh. that he's going to go into his home, which is on an island, and do landscaping because he loves it. So it's just, it was so interesting to see how his life turned out after basketball. He does... Uh, color commentary for the New York Knicks but he was just such a genuine person mm-hmm. that it was refreshing because he, he treated me not like a reporter that's yeah. out trying to get him or anything he just sat down and asked me about me I asked him about him and he when the mic was off the camera was off yeah. he stayed and talked to me so that one will always probably be close to my it's heart like a legend He's like, a legend. Bo- I mean, both of them are. Well, when he crossed the court to come in to do the interview, because we were set up courtside before the game, yeah. there was a bunch of Knicks fans, and all you hear is, Whoa, no way! Walt! Clyde! Over here! And you can hear the whispers. And I'm like, who? Oh, yeah, you're a legend. And I asked him, like, <laughs> does that ever get old? He's like, I am so grateful that after I retired 30 years ago that they still remember who I am. Yeah. So... That was, it was really neat. Wow. And and you interviewed Magic. It was like an anniversary from his retirement or his announcement that he had HIV. Yeah, I actually, I interviewed him. It was a couple years ago. I just always, I always pinch myself and bring it back up. Not to brag. It's just, I'm very grateful for the opportunities. And so he, I interviewed him just about, he travels with this, um, movement that's supposed to help kids you know to give back and not bully each other mm-hmm. so i wanted to ask him about why he decided to do that and about what he thinks about the lakers right now and the fact that they're horrible horrible <laughs> so yeah so i talked with about him about things that weren't basketball related as well so and is he still like he was involved with the lakers for the longest time and then the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. Yeah. And with, is he still involved? A little bit, yeah. yeah. It's like it switches every time. With the Lakers, they took his name off of some titles and stuff, but he's still involved. It's sure. More, I don't even understand what they do with that organization sometimes, yeah. but he's he's still involved and is always at games. And the Los Angeles Sparks, I believe he has a part of that as well. That's so, the women's? Yeah, okay. so he'll be courtside and... Like, the Dodgers gave out a bobblehead day of him as well. So, he's still very involved. So, he's still, yeah. Yeah. He's done very well for himself. Oh, yes. Very well. Yeah. And his kid is on a reality show as well, or they're starting a reality show or something. I don't follow, like, that far into their personal lives, but I saw that headline. His kid's going to be in a reality show, or he already started. Wow. And at Kobe's last game, did you have a chance to interview him? It was a big group scrum, because I think there was... Like everyone would be there everybody from around the world. Everybody under the sun was there, yeah. But yeah. when he was in Toronto, I got to ask him a couple questions. So okay. that was pretty surreal. But yeah, that nice. was the the Kobe game. I don't. I think only one outlet, not even ESPN or any of the major outlets, got a one on one with Kobe. Yeah, who's the worst interview? I'm not allowed to answer that. No, I had. I won't name them, but I interviewed. I'm going to say. Was it a basketball player? No, because no. I. I do some entertainment interviews. One of my most fun ones recently was Keith Richards because I had no idea what oh, he said. Sh- oh, we got to talk about that. Yeah, after. I had no okay. idea what he said. But there was another rock and roll <laughs> legend, I'll say the word loosely. And yeah. I was so excited to interview him because I listened to him growing up. And I loved their music so much. And I knew everything about them. And I felt that they thought when I interviewed them that I didn't know anything about them. Yeah. That I was just this young idiot. When and was so, this? This was probably two years ago. Okay. And I was... 
not impressed with them they belittled me and I asked questions that I knew about their music and so I had just such a sour taste in my mouth after which I'm sure you can well, agree it's like <laughs> it's like when a fan meets somebody for the first time and you know yeah. they get pushed aside or when you interview somebody and they turn out to be horrible mm-hmm. so I was like man and I I had dozens of their LPs and I gave them away because like, no. I just I couldn't listen to them I'm like I didn't want to throw them out yeah so like, somebody else will enjoy this garbage but it's oh not garbage. Goodness. I'll tell you when the mics are off. Fair enough. Yeah, and you better check if the mics are off. Oh, I will. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll be going outside, and I will check. Um, oh, that's so sad to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you then. Turn the tables. Yeah. yeah. Worst interview. You can't say me because I'm still here. I haven't had one. Oh, that's no, you're a good they, interview. No, they've, they've all been good. Um, there was one that I thought would be really, really good, but it was so hard for me to pull out stuff. Um, it's like pulling teeth when that happens. Yeah, and I, I was stared. I'm like, more. I know there's more happening. Yeah, that that one. So that one I didn't like. Um, and yeah, that was that was the one I didn't like. Yeah, but otherwise, it all it always seems that as weeks go by, I go. Yeah, man, that was my favorite one. That was my favorite one. Um, but I mean, I just enjoy doing this. Uh, for sure. You can tell. Yeah, thank you. That's good. Thank you. Actually, after uh, a million other things happening in your community and your day job. Yes, I'll have time for this. Yeah. This is my my wife knows this is my Tuesday, my Tuesday thing. And when I'm home right after work on Tuesday, you didn't have a podcast? No, no, no. I'm not doing it anymore for this month. Or so December is my off month. You know, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take that month off. Um, let me ask you about you who you think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess magic before I ask you the question. Okay. Best basketball. Your, I get, no, your favorite basketball player of all time. That's a tough one. For me, it, it's it's magic. It, I love the way that he played. I liked his smile. And yeah. I was really young, so a lot of those memories are that. And people will argue Michael Jordan would be my second. But yeah. I also really liked uh, Phil Jackson, who's now a GM or something with the New York Knicks and yeah. was a coach for the Lakers. They're grit when they played. Yeah. But Magic was just so entertaining and athletic. He yeah. put on such an entertaining performance that hasn't been matched in my mind quite yet. And what about the best player ever? No, that's also a tough one. Yeah. I Will Chamberlain still has a million records, but I was not alive when he played. Mm-hmm. So to personally see just footage of him is impressive but in my lifetime that i've actually been able to even watch on tv in a real-time game Mm -hmm. michael jordan you know i know that people like that's a cop-out but if you look at him play he just dominated except for when he went and played with washington out of retirement before just just ignore that part yeah just ignore that that was weird i was gonna ask you about lebron james if you thought lebron james was the best no, I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a couple other players in the league right now that are a bit better. I Like? Think, like who? I'm not going to say Steph Curry because I don't want to get hate mail. But I think in leadership for me, he's, he's pretty good. It's just he couldn't carry the team as much as he thought he could. I think Russell Westbrook's really impressive. He puts up triple doubles. Yeah. So I'm like, if people don't know what that is, you get double digits in three categories. So triple double almost nightly and he he doesn't have the best attitude but Mm -hmm. he's a great player that gets the ball movement going and 
With Steph Curry, the thing I appreciate about him, I'm not a fan of him though, but when I watch him play, the way he talks to his players or his, you know, teammates, mm -hmm. that I respect because a lot of players you'll watch them and they're they yell at the other player and I know they're frustrated. I have yeah. no time for that. Or when they hit a cameraman, yeah. when they accidentally fall and they don't turn around to see if they're okay. Yeah. I take all those into account, which I know a lot of other sports journalists <laughs> do. I'm like, oh, I'm watching everything. Yeah. Why don't you like him? I just, a couple times, he just seems like such a baby. There's a lot of athletes that seem like a baby. I think LeBron is a phenomenal athlete and will go down as one of the best. It's just, I've watched some of his interviews and it has... A little bit to do with the fact that he did take his talents to Miami and made such a showboaty thing about it. But I just don't think he's as great as people says he is. Wow. But I do enjoy the work that he does in Cleveland for his hometown and for all sure. the kids. So I'm not taking that aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I could go on forever about LeBron. It's a constant debate. Tell me about Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> that was... That was a very interesting interview because... You dated back in the day. Yeah, we did. We're, we're still <laughs> dating. Uh, yeah, he was here for the All-Star Game, and he had a celebrity basketball tournament, and he came up to me and said something like, hey, boo-boo, or something, but imagine Snoop singing like, hey, boo-boo. And he, I asked him about Space Jam and the song about it, and he basically said that it was garbage and talked about uh, marijuana and yeah. he was just everything you see on TV he was just so chill and had this big fur coat on and it was it was so unique so if he moves to Canada now he says he's going Apparently to he wants yeah to. you need to have him on your podcast I will. after Steve Nash or together or together yeah that would be that'd be wild wild <laughs> and maybe some blue jays I see you're a big baseball fan, too. So. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm, I'm hoping. We're, we're trying to get there. We're trying to get there. You'll One get step there. at a time. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so you Rolling Stones. You interviewed Keith Wood. Uh, sorry, Ronnie Wood and Keith Richards. <laughs> sorry, Ronnie Wood Keith Richards. You got it. Yeah. That was bizarre because my husband happens to be the nerdiest, biggest Rolling Stone fan that I've ever met in my life. I know mm -hmm. way too much about the Rolling Stones that I don't even understand half the facts. Yeah. But last year, Keith Richards had the premiere of some documentary about his album he was releasing. I think it was the first album in like 20 years. Yeah. And I sat, I'm like, man, I missed this chance to interview him. Yeah. And I had this weird opportunity. The Giants of Africa premiere, which has to do with Masai Ujiri and a bunch of NBA players was that day as well. So uh -huh. I was already accredited to cover that. Mm -hmm. and they're like, hey, do you want to cover the Rolling Stones red carpet? Okay, this is a joke. Yeah. I get there, didn't believe it. There wasn't, they only gave so many media accreditation, and I was close enough I would get an interview. So I still didn't believe it, didn't believe it. Then he walks on. Yeah. So does Ronnie. And he has like the Keith Richards has the crazy hair, and Ronnie yeah. Wood has the crazy coat on. And yeah, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, baby. Like, hey, Keith, how's it going? <laughs> and I don't know what he said. Yeah. Really to this day. No. I was trying to transcribe it, and I, something about being in Cuba, it was a good time. I yeah. love the people, and you're going to love our album. Nice. Well, yeah, it's like, okay. And I'm like, how do I get a follow-up question because I don't understand what you're saying? He's like, yeah, I'm Keith Richards. <laughs> it was great, though. It was surreal because I, I watched the documentary after. Is that yeah. thousands of people wait hours, some even waited days outside their hotel room just to see them wave. It's crazy. Yeah. These guys are icons. It's crazy. Yeah, so I don't like, think And they're they actually age. playing right now in the background. Probably, it's been a bunch of stones playing right well, now. Well, there's, there's this, this brand... 
of um, I don't know tequila. Tequila. Yeah, that apparently the Rolling Stones made famous back in the seventies. So they're playing all Stones music. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, um, you should call your husband, tell him to boogie on down here. He'd enjoy it. He would. You would. I think that you would see him dancing and talking, possibly at that point, if he was doing the tequila shots first, though. And then you could have him on here and, and talk about I could his have polar bears and he'd be and all stuff. loose and stuff. Yeah, he's going to Kenya in a week too. Get out of town. I don't even know really what he's filming there. Probably tigers. I, I, there's no tigers in Africa. I don't know. I'm just throwing out <laughs> stuff. I have no idea what he's doing. That's amazing, though. No, I would love to. I mean, that's that tigers. sort of stuff is awesome. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but <laughs> um, no, that's awesome. Elephants. Elephants. There are elephants. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. <laughs> um, you've covered the Grey Cup. Yeah. You've obviously year, lived uh, in Regina, which I think is the the heartbeat of the CFL. Mm, um, making a lot of people happy. The CFL is 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 an afterthought here. So I mean, so much so that I was downtown on Friday night, and we walked by Union Station, and they had the banners up. And I go, "Oh yeah, the Great Cup! It's November, <laughs> the Great Cup! Oh yeah, it's in Toronto! Like nobody knows it's mm-hmm. happening." It's crazy. I covered the Argos this year, and I will be going to the Grey Cup as well to cover it. Do you know and when you're going? Like, is, or do you... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I get to cover the CFL again. I get to cover the Argos. And people are like, who? What? Where? Like, oh. Yeah. And, and it is. It's And even there's an area near where the new field is. And it was so hyped about they're going to have this tailgating party, and they're yeah. going to sell out. And some of the games, there's minimal fans there. Some of the scheduling wasn't great. But when you're competing against, say, the Leafs or a huge, you know, I think the Dixie Chicks were playing one night and possibly Adele. Not Adele, but big concerts that Mm -hmm. you're competing. And the Blue Jays. Yeah. Yeah, people really don't care. But I guess when the NFL was here... But I think those tickets were ridiculous. A lot of people didn't go to the games either. But I think it was the ticket prices on the that. The prices were ridiculous. I, on yeah. this, I the CFL rules, some of them aren't my favorite. And I can understand why people wouldn't want to watch it. Yeah. But I am disappointed that not as many people are as excited about the Grey Cup as I am. But that's okay because that means way more interviews for me. There you go. Yeah. But I'm just shocked. I don't there's, get it. There's no buzz. No, there's nothing. I'm sure they've given all the tickets away. They've or lowered the they've prices. sold. It's, it's Which really, really sometimes bad. it can be really entertaining sport when it's a great game. Like yeah. sometimes it's not. I remember Saskatchewan when they beat Hamilton when the game was in Regina. It was horrible. I kept thinking, when is Hamilton going to score? Oh, is that what was one so one sided? Riders kick their butt, which is great for people that lived in Saskatchewan. It was a yeah. storybook ending, but. Yeah, and it's hard, especially because the Argos haven't been doing so well lately that no. people can't get behind it. And a lot of people were upset the fact that the Argos went into the BMO field. BMO field. Mm-hmm. So may- maybe it'll grow, but I just don't think it will. Because you had John Candy as an owner at one point. That was awesome. And I was like, who can we get to be part owner? Yeah. Who could we get? Maybe Steve Nash? No. No. I don't know who would really. I don't know what it is. I, I think it's it's. But even there was the, no buzz created. There was it was quiet. No, because I think One Republic will be the band that's doing uh, halftime. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's even interesting if you look at the dynamic of the teams because you have the Blue Jays and the Raptors going to each other's games, and sometimes the Leafs players there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. What about the Argos? No one goes, eh? Like it's also. They they try to market this like crazy, but I for Pin, those of pinball you is doing it all on his own. Yeah, like go to the Grey Cup. Yeah, it's not 
expensive right now to go and have a night out and enjoy some Canadiana. Why is it so huge? I mean, the the it's, Green Riders, those fans, they travel. Oh, do they ever? If you watched it, if, if people were to watch an Argo game here or even in Hamilton, a lot of people are here from Saskatchewan, but they people will travel from Saskatchewan to watch them. But if you think about it, Saskatchewan doesn't have an NHL team. They don't have that NBA team, which nobody else in Canada does, or a semi-professional even baseball team. So you have a WHL team, which is the equivalent of the OHL here, yeah. and that's it. So that is the pride and glory mm -hmm. of sports team as the riders. Yeah. yeah, the closest is either you go down to the States to watch an NFL or NBA, or you go to Winnipeg now, to which the, the, Jets, the yeah. Jets, which they didn't have for a while, or you go to Edmonton or Calgary to watch an NHL game. Yeah. Saskatchewan's great, but yeah, that's that's your sport. Yeah, that is so so true. Um, who do you know who's in the Grey Cup? They don't know yet. It they hasn't don't... been quite decided. Okay, okay. So not like... the riders. I'll let you know that they did not make the playoffs. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> no. Oh my so goodness. So you won't be seeing a lot of riders. We won't fans. see a lot of. So if Hamilton... that's why attendance is down. Exactly. So if Hamilton <laughs> makes it, I think you have more of a chance because Hamilton likes the CFL a little bit yeah. more than Toronto. So your your next big leap, I'm I'm going to. Um, I'm going to predict would be to go to like global news, like the proper, like in Toronto. You won't even have to move because you'll be at. Oh, I'm already there. I I don't know if I can get any higher than I am right now. It's the lead anchor. I, I, I never even dreamed of that. But the fact that I don't just get an anchor, I still get to go out and report and I get to go yeah. out and do those interviews to have those conversations and a little bit more time than I would have because with my last job, I was anchoring, I was reporting, I was updating the website. Like you had no time to actually engage with people, but I don't, I'm so happy where I am right now and the people that I'm surrounded with, it's not a competitive, crazy, catty environment. It's a family, which I feel like I've reached the top and I don't know if there's anywhere else for me to go. I'm yeah. not, I'm not content and happy because I still get to cover NBA and everything. Like I have the best of every world right now. That's amazing. Um, not to be braggy. I'm just happy. It, happy is important. And grateful. Yes. <laughs> what is, is, is there a story that you really enjoy covering or, or certain types of stories that you really enjoy? I mean, outside of basketball and sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love, <laughs> sometimes I really love the mushy stories where there's this little kid that was collecting pennies to put towards a charity and another one, that little kid that was collecting clothes for people that couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. When you see the kindness and humanity, it's mm -hmm. so wonderful. I also love call it covering the politics and being able to ask Justin Trudeau when he was running or now prime minister, you know, the hard questions and Stephen Harper when they were running, like, you're promising this, but what are you going to do? And I want to know those answers. So to be able to ask, I love covering politics as well. Yeah. I love it all. I hate, there's some really bad stories though to cover. So what are the bad ones? I think one of the worst stories I ever covered in my life happened this past winter and a girl when and this is really deep but she went and she stabbed a bunch of students at her high school and i had i just remembered was that here in canada yeah it wow. was it was in the gta i was in pickering and oh yeah having to drive up to it and see these kids all standing outside freezing and having to put the camera in their face and ask them what happened and girls like oh, my friend got stabbed in the head and I just hugged her after, which I know you're not supposed to do as a journalist and you're not really a lot of the time supposed to have a heart. Yeah. But I just felt horrible in that moment for what these kids were going through and nobody knew why it happened. And mm -hmm. those stories 
are the worst. That on that day, I wanted to quit being a journalist. Yeah, I really did. But you get back up. It's like because I realized there are worse things in life than having to go out and report on a story that's not a happy story. Yeah. Um, during, I want to get so there's I, I don't know if you know, mm-hmm. but there's a a reporter for the Toronto Star's name is Daniel Dale, I believe is his name. Anyway, so he's he's now in, he's in Washington, okay. working for the Star, and when one of the th- he's become very popular, especially in the states because he had this daily thing going on in terms of how many lies did Hillary tell today, and how many lies mm-hmm. um, did Trump tell today, and so there was sort of this this lie meter. Anyways, I I I, I, I preface the question with that because I'm curious is in your opinion, um, should the media be just um, reporting on the news or is there a responsibility you feel that the media should also be um, I don't know holding power to account and things things like challenging that challenging them I think that it's such a slippery slope and a fine line even with reporters putting their opinions out there so in some ways I don't think reporters should be you know spewing their thoughts on it because then it'll show hey is your report bias or not but when it comes to challenging somebody say with the lies or politicians mm-hmm. they should do that they should be accountable rather than just saying the story you need to get them to back up the facts and i think that's a huge responsibility for journalists to do because it's yeah. easy for anybody to go out there put a camera on somebody's face and just say hey this person was here today and this is all that happened mm-hmm. why did this happen what's being done yeah. and if journalists don't do that then what's the point of having the media mm-hmm. I, I think I know that's a controversial thing because they're like well why are you saying Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton's lies this isn't totally what it's about no that's a huge part of the story somebody needs to get because there's so much information on any story yeah. to get those facts out that's it's a so lot true. to take in is there is there a story that you'd like to tell one one day oh I there's so many when it comes to trying to get truths out or delving deeper into a story it's always going to be political Mm. i think there's so many things that i don't know and people don't know that's going on behind the doors or how people are getting appointed or how these laws are being passed or when people are in power why aren't why aren't things getting done why is you know why are more people going on food stamps why can't Mm something be done if we know this is happening why aren't we helping people or the homeless rate yeah and so i would love to figure out why isn't anything being done on a higher level to get down mm-hmm. there so that's so true um, but people before me have tried to solve that and so as long as somebody keeps pushing at them to try to make a difference yes and and, and i hope that happens i hope that happens uh i want to end off with it with two things two questions sing uh, along Sorry? We're going to do a sing-along, sing aren't we? Al- do you want to? No. You, well, you brought your ukulele here. I did. <laughs> um, media criticism. Um, uh, what's his name? Jesse Brown has his Canada Land, and there's other websites, I think, that, that sort of um, you know, put the, the media under a spotlight. You know, so whether it is a media having a certain bias or things like that. Um, you know, your thoughts on, um, on on this sort of reporting, you know, in terms of, putting the spotlight back on the media i think it's good to an extent a lot of it even within media or i haven't read a lot of his stuff but i know there's other sites out there and other Mm -hmm. people out there a lot of it is shock factor and but it in a way if some media are not being honest it keeps them honest because if somebody say like my sister's on twitter tweeting at a news outlet saying hey 
I didn't say that or you're lying in the story, nothing's mm-hmm. going to be done. Yeah. So I personally don't have a problem with it. It's just with anything, how they do it. If it's just kind of for the shock factor or trying to get clickbait, mm-hmm. then I'm not for it. But I, if you're trying to keep them honest or whoever it is, I know this is a really hot topic within the journalism world about mm. this, but I, I think it's important. Yeah. Um, finally, I want to ask you about women in media. Um, a, a while back, there was a there was a um, this video that went viral about mm-hmm. these guys reading mean tweets back to these two women reporters. Um, All day, every day. If that's where you're going, I can tell you it hasn't yeah. stopped. I think the only thing that upset me about even that story is it doesn't just happen to women. It happens to men. It happens to every you know day people that aren't on TV. Social media is. But does it happen to like do? Like are men being called out by the by the way they look? Not as much. The, it drives me nuts because for a while I was writing about the NBA and I would only get more views if I wrote as a man. My name was switched, so really, yeah. And I know that it happens, but was that was that it, like how, how did someone come up with that decision? Just because the responses, even written by say my picture that would be near the article or a videos up usually somebody will if i interview an athlete the thing that does upset me and maybe i'm being too candid is people always assume because i'm a lot of people sorry yeah assume and it's usually (laughs) no i'll just go with a lot of people assume that when i interview a male athlete the comment that always comes under the video is that i want to have some kind of relationship with them Mm -hmm. that you know that i want to have and i'm talking like sure you know, a physical relationship yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It's almost on everything I write or every video I post or somebody commenting about the way I look, whether I be too skinny or too big or not attractive to them or my hair is too blonde or not brushed a certain way. Yeah, It's every day, which I think a lot of people don't understand happens in the media. So when those they were reading those mean tweets that happened to women that's happened since the day I started in media. And I don't think anybody can prepare you for how mean the world is, but it's just, if somebody in general was on Twitter, that's not in the media, they'll get attacked for anything they tweet, but it's, it's, you have to have a thick skin. And the thing I don't, I used to do is I would try to respond to them saying, Mm -hmm. why would you say that? Do you know anything about me? I'm happily married. Yeah. I have no interest in this person. I just am so interested in their story because they reached a level of athleticism that I would never read. Or if I'm interviewing, you know, just a teacher, you know, your everyday story, just the comments about why did you wear that blazer? You look like a pig. Like, okay. You just can't feed into it and realize at the end of the day it's hard that a lot of people are unhappy and that's usually why they tweet such hateful things yeah. or they have nothing better to do. But it's hard. It's And the yeah, it, I realized it was really hard in sports. So if I ever do a sports story, there's yeah. always horrible negative comments. There's some good ones, but... And do you ever... Like, have you ever thought, like, why am I doing this? Is it worth the aggravation? Is it worth... Because, I, I mean, you know, we can say that, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones. Oh, they break my bones. Yeah. They, they really did when I first started. So how did you handle time. that? Yeah. Oh, I I cried. I remember speaking to friends at the time. Why would they say this about me? And they, they emailed, somebody emailed, like, a bunch of my coworkers saying how much they hated the story I did. And all this other horrible things that it wasn't anything about the actual story. It was about me, whether yeah. it be about my voice, my hair, what I, I wore. And it really upset me. And then I realized I'm not here to please them. 
I'm here to enjoy my life, my job, and tell a good story. Mm -hmm. And some days it will get me down when people say, you should get fired and this person should get your job. And it can be other journalists because it's a tough, catty world. Wow. Not just saying like Toronto reporters, it's wherever where you are. Somebody is always in line to take your job and they'll do whatever they can do to get your job. I've had people delete my scripts. I've had people... Oh, yeah, I had a job where somebody would delete my scripts because they wanted to have my position. And then, That's nuts. And I was like, you can try all you want, but you're not going to bring me down. And it's hard not to feed into that and just try to not be a negative person like them. Wow. That's the hardest thing. So, but it, yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, and they will. But yeah. I have to just get up the next day and realize either it's just a comment on the Internet, mm-hmm. whatever they say that's their problem and they're not going to like me i'm sure there's something about them i wouldn't like i'm just mm-hmm. not going to be a jerk and tell them it. wow hey, do, do you have to like do you have you stopped reading comments or you mm, sometimes i do when it came to anything with this past election i stopped reading them because you had people that were pro hillary or pro trump that would just write horrible things yeah that i really you are you have far more issues than I will ever have. Yeah. So I just stopped reading it and then I deleted it because a lot of the comments because nobody else needs to read those. Mm-hmm. There's enough of that on the internet. But yeah. s- sometimes I'll read them, but most of the time I won't bother. It's not worth my time. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. No, thank you for having me. I here. really appreciate it. Anytime. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, we'll talk about tigers that aren't in Africa next time. Let's do that. Or maybe there <laughs> are. We'll see. Yeah. Thanks again. Anytime.